the Old Testament had precise indications on how to handle leprosy because it was an incurable, deadly, and very contagious disease. The person infected had to be isolated from the community, cast out, and as we heard, had to cry wherever people were outside, unclean, unclean. So we can imagine the suffering that these people had to go through. On top of their sickness, they were cut from relatives, friends, fellow Israelites, and even from God, as they were not allowed into public worship, suffering the humiliation. And it is amazing how these readings have for us a much more vivid and existential tone as we keep struggling with this pandemic. As you know, last week we had to quarantine, so we couldn't come to Mass. And I felt a little bit like this. I had to say, unclean, unclean, don't get near to me. It helps us to be grateful for all the resources that we have. In comparison, our situation, of course, is not as dramatic. Here we are at Mass, worshiping God after all. And thanks be to God for 2,000 years of Christianity. It has shaped our mentality with examples of saints like St. Damian of Molokai or Catherine of Siena who took care of the sick in many ways. So we stay close to our loved ones who are ill. We take care of them. We hang on together. When this sad mist is lifted, we'll be grateful for many heroic examples of people who kept doing their work with a smile, serving others, most especially the sick ones. So we are in a very different situation. But being aware of the strict norms in Jesus' times helps us to understand the radical move that he made by engaging in a conversation with this leper. And even touching him was a clear violation of the norm for the sake of loving this man that he came across. After all, he said, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So let's unpack what happened. The leper came to Jesus. That is usually the case with people that needed healing. Jesus sets forth to preach the gospel, the good news of the kingdom. So he seeks, he goes, he provokes situations in which he can proclaim and teach. As he's doing this, sick people come across him. So his mission was not primarily to heal the sick, but to make disciples. He came to restore our relationship with God, to offer a new situation in which we could live as sons and daughters of the Father in communion with God and to bring about the kingdom. For this reason, Jesus would perform perform miracles a little reluctantly, lest they would follow him for the wrong reasons. And this is why he insists to the leper not to tell anyone. He warns him sternly, lest he tells half of the story. So the leper came to him and knelt down and begged him, if you wish, you can make me clean. So he does have a lot of faith. We have to see that, no? In, in, if you remember in the Old Testament, the king of Israel received the visit of Naaman, the Syrian general, with a letter from his king 
interceding for his healing. And the king of Israel replied, Am I a God with power over life and death that this man should send someone for me to cure him from leprosy? Take note, you can see he's only looking for a quarrel with me. Am I a God to do this? To cure a leper implied the power of life and death. But this man believes that Jesus can do this, so he knelts before him and he expresses his petition in a pretty amazing way. Because in one sentence he confesses and takes for granted Jesus' power to make him clean, and at the same time he grants his permission for him to be cleansed. This is also surprising. Why did the leper authorize Jesus to cure him? Was that permission not implied in the very act of kneeling and asking for healing? Why did he want to express his permission? If you wish, you can make me clean. I think there's a deep insight here. Often our struggles become too much part of our identity. We begin to identify with our weaknesses, struggles, and sufferings too much. And as we do so, we begin little by little to see ourselves as victims. We begin to think to ourselves, poor me. I suffer too much. I am alone. My family was or is a mess. People don't get me. I'm always the one serving. I care too much about others. I'm anxious. I'm sick. I'm awkward. I'm too sensitive. I'm not assertive enough. I'm not as pretty or handsome or sporty or smart or rich or young or socially connected or you name it. As we identify ourselves with our struggles, we feel entitled through self-pity to indulge. And we can even become demanding and mean to the ones around us, as if everyone should know my suffering and therefore must take care of me. Indulgence is a mechanism of compensation and it's an easy way out of reality. If I suffer, then I feel I need this beer or this alcohol or this cigarette or this Netflix series or this food or this porn or whatever you cope with. I need it. I have even a right for it because I suffer so much. The problem is that the more you indulge, the weaker you get. And the more you identify with that which entitles you to indulge, your suffering. It's a mechanism that goes deeper. Were your suffering to be removed from you, you would not have any more excuse. And that can be frightening. You would be the one to bear the responsibility for your life again. So the leopard was used to being a leper, I think. Sure, he suffered a lot, but then... If he were to be cured, he had to face the challenges of life again. So by saying, you have my permission, if you wish, you can make me clean, he's letting the Lord know that he was ready, that he did not want to identify himself with his suffering anymore. 
nor dwell in this false sense of self-righteousness that suffering can provide. He was ready to face the consequences of being healed and not to blame anyone else and to do something with his life. He was ready to own his life again. I'm ready, Lord. If you wish, you can make me clean. Augustine famously said, Lord, make me chaste, but not now. So he struggled with his weaknesses, but he was not ready to be healed, at least at that moment. He agonized over his moral paralysis, but he kind of liked it. I remember once praying over a young man for deliverance from porn addiction. He suffered a lot. He burned many hours of his days watching this poison. And he knew that it was ruining his life. He knew that he needed to do something about it. So we began to pray. And at some point, I asked him, but do you even want to be healed, to be liberated from this? And he had a moment of honesty, and he said, you know, Father, I don't know if I want to. The very perspective of not being able to indulge makes me sad. And I understood him because I used to smoke cigarettes. I remember when I quit, I felt so sad that I couldn't smoke anymore. That's how they work, indulgences. For a while, he was used to his cave. He was addicted to this. So what can we do? Lent is approaching. This is very good news because Lent is a season in which we have a special grace to be freed from our indulgences, to be liberated, to be purified from our addictions, our cope mechanisms that makes us more weak. It's a time of purification. It's a time to die and rise again. We have an extra dose, if we could measure, of grace of God in this season. Not all the seasons are the same in the church, and this one is a strong season, a very important season. It's a time of grace. So first, we can be honest with ourselves. You can ask yourself, do I really want to be healed? Of course, you have to identify it. What, it, what is it that you have to be healed from or, or freed from? But then the next question is, do I really want to? Do I really want to receive this grace? If so, tell that to the Lord. In this land, you can make me clean of whatever is stopping me from growing. Beg him with faith. Kneel down before the Lord and ask him, Lord, if you wish, you can make me clean. I'm ready. I'm so ready. The second thing is, if you do the first, only if you do the first, is to renounce. To renounce. Write it down as a prayer. I renounce to this indulgence, to this compensation. Enough of this that entitles me to be demanding or to be weak or self-centered. To renounce is to declare yourself ready to fight. Enough of this for me. Because healing and liberation are not magic. They come from God, of course, for sure. But it doesn't mean that you don't have to fight. You will receive the grace to overcome your weaknesses, 
or to bear the cross with new strength, without self-pity, in a sanctifying way, but not without your collaboration. So when you renounce, you prepare for battle. There's a beautiful psalm that says, with, with the Lord I, I can climb the walls of the, of, the, of the city in battle. The third thing is speak with someone about it. Be accountable. Let a friend know your resolutions. The word addiction, according to one account, I don't know how accurate this is because it makes us Greek and Latin, but in any case, I think it's insightful. According to this account, it comes, it comes from the word a, from Greek, without, and the Latin dictum, a dictum, not said, not expressed. And I think it's insightful because often our addictions grow stronger in isolation and lead us to more isolation. They're not expressed, they're not shared, they're not said. They cut us off from others, even from the ones who are close to us. Addictions are somehow like a hidden secret. So it is very good to share your struggle and your resolution with someone that can keep you accountable and walk with you without falling into the same pit. I read in an article recently, addictions are growing in this pandemic. As COVID-19 spread globally, social distancing, self-isolation, quarantine, and national lockdowns have become crucial to control the pandemic. However, these measures may also lead to increases in social isolation, loneliness, and stress when people have negative feelings like stress, anxiety, or boredom, addiction offer temporary relief from those feelings. But this doesn't have to be our case. We are born free from Christ. We are declared free to follow him. We can grow stronger in this pandemic with the grace of God. We can use no excuse. We can open ourselves to the healing work of Jesus and can collaborate with, his, with our freedom to come out of this, Lent, also out of this pandemic, stronger, more loving, more free. 